June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Tonight, America's recovery cools off. New jobs report shows the economy still struggling to get over the pandemic, with hiring at its slowest pace of the year. Unexpected job losses in healthcare and education. The president tried to put the best spin on those numbers. Maybe it doesn't seem fast enough. I'd like to see it faster, and we're going to make it faster. Breaking news, guilty on all counts. Two wealthy parents convicted of paying bribes to get their kids into top colleges in the first trial of that Varsity Blues scandal. Trump White House records. Congress may now get access to documents related to the January 6th attack. And a new report shows the former president may have hidden massive losses at his D.C. hotel. COVID hotspot. We're in Idaho, where vaccination rates are low, ICUs are jammed, and medical staff is pushed to the limit. I have put more people in body bags over the last two years than I have in the last nine. Afghanistan chaos. Dozens killed in a suicide attack, the worst since the U.S. withdrawal. Who was behind it? Nobel Peace surprise. Journalists from the Philippines and Russia are honored for defying repression to report the truth. And kindness many times over. CBS's Steve Hartman is on the road with a woman who turns her yard sale into dozens of random acts of kindness. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, and thank you for joining us. Nora is off tonight. I'm Margaret Brennan. We're going to begin with that jobs report landed with a thud today at the White House. Many forecasters had predicted a jobs gain of about 475,000 for September. Instead, the U.S. economy only created 194,000 jobs. Still, the unemployment rate did fall to under 5 percent, but that was partly because many Americans simply stopped looking for work. President Biden blamed the pandemic for the sluggish growth and said hiring will pick up if Congress passes his infrastructure and spending bills. Today's report also revealed some troubling trends, including job losses in fields that you wouldn't expect and questions about why many positions are going unfilled at a time when so many Americans are still out of work. CBS's Nancy Cordes leads off our coverage tonight from the White House. Good evening to you, Nancy. Good evening, Margaret. This was the second straight month of disappointing jobs numbers and a big slowdown from the first half of the year. The White House is pointing to the Delta variant as the prime culprit amid concerns that some Americans have now left the workforce for good. September may be back to school month, but it's not back to work. According to the latest figures, the economy added 300,000 fewer jobs than expected, the most meager gain since last December. 
I thought that this was a really disappointing report. It was anemic. And CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger. Overall, the big issue here is that we are not done with this virus. It is infecting people and it is also infecting the economy. The problem isn't a lack of jobs. It's a lack of candidates. The latest figures show there are 1.5 jobs available for every unemployed American. The largest gap ever recorded. Why do you think there are so many people who are still reluctant to re-enter the workforce? People are still fearful of COVID um, and what it will be like uh, in workplaces and ensuring their own safety. Uh, There are still uh, challenges as it relates to child care, elder care. The fast food chain Raising Cane's is deploying half its corporate staff to cook and sell chicken fingers instead. We could clearly use about 10,000 more crew members. A.J. Kumaran is co-CEO. We have about 150 restaurants that cannot fully function, meaning they have hours reduced or a sales channel reduced, all of it, because we're not fully staffed. The White House looked for good news in today's report. The unemployment rate among black Americans fell by nearly a full percentage point. But that's partly because so many black women have left the workforce altogether. I'd like to see it faster. President Biden noted that the jobs numbers released today were gathered in mid-September, when the number of new daily COVID cases was 60 percent higher than it is now. Jobs up, wages up, unemployment down. That's progress. But he is likely now to fall short of the 7 million new jobs he promised at the start of the year. In the health care sector alone, Margaret, employment levels are still down by about 500,000 people since the start of the pandemic. Nancy Cordes at the White House tonight. Now to some breaking news. Guilty verdicts in the Varsity Blues scandal. Two wealthy parents have been convicted of buying their children's way into top colleges by having them pose as athletes. These were the first parents to actually face trial, and they lost. CBS's Nancy Chen reports from Boston. Today, a federal jury found John Wilson and Gamal Abdelaziz guilty on all counts, ranging from wire fraud to bribery. They broke the law, and now they face the consequences. Prosecutors say the men paid a combined $1.5 million to Rick Singer, a college admissions consultant and the mastermind behind an eight-year scheme where he helped children from wealthy families get into prestigious schools. John Wilson and Gamal Abdelaziz used fraud and bribery to get what they wanted. What they did was an affront. Dozens of parents and college officials have been charged. 48 people have either pleaded or planned to plead guilty, including stars Lori Loughlin and Felicity Huffman, who both spent a short time in prison. Wilson paid Singer $220,000 to get his son into USC and a million dollars for his twin daughters to attend Harvard and Stanford. Abdelaziz gave $300,000 to get his daughter into USC as a basketball recruit, even though she didn't make her varsity team in high school. Prosecutors played FBI wiretap calls during the trial to show how Abdelaziz and Singer conspired together. So I just want to make sure our stories are together. I'm going to essentially say that your $300,000 payment um, was made to our foundation to help underserved kids. Okay. Eric Rosen, the former lead prosecutor in this case, says these parents' donations cross the line. The central theme from the beginning is... If something involves lies and cheating, it's probably not legitimate. And I think the the jury agreed with that here. 
The most serious charges in this case could mean up to 20 years in prison with sentencing scheduled for February. Margaret? Nancy, thank you. Tonight, we are following a significant development in the Capitol riot investigation. The White House will not block Congress from obtaining Trump-era records related to the January 6th insurrection. CBS's Chris Van Cleve joins us now. So, Chris, how would this impact the congressional investigation? Well, Margaret, late today, Mr. Trump blasted the Biden administration, saying Democrats are drunk on power. His lawyers had sought to block the release of these Trump-era White House documents that pertain to the former president's false claims of election fraud and the run-up to January 6th. We have also learned that former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows does appear to be engaging with the House committee investigating January 6th, but... Former White House advisor Steve Bannon's lawyers say following Mr. Trump's claim of executive privilege, Bannon will not comply with his subpoena. The committee says it is considering holding Bannon in contempt of Congress. Margaret? We also learned today from the House Oversight Committee that the building behind you, the former president's hotel, was bringing in millions of dollars, but it wasn't actually turning a profit. What do the numbers actually show? Well, according to these documents, while the former president said during his presidency he made about $150 million off the hotel, it actually lost $70 million and required a $24 million transfusion of cash from the Trump organization. Now, while the former president said he would not benefit from foreign governments, it does appear the hotel took in nearly $4 million in revenue from foreign governments. Margaret? which could pose a potential conflict of interest. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Tonight, we are getting a clearer picture of when COVID shots could be available for children ages 5 to 11. A CDC advisory panel will meet the first week of November to discuss Pfizer's pediatric vaccine. Young children would get one-third of the dosage given to other age groups. The panel will also consider the Moderna and Johnson & Johnson booster shots later this month. 56% of Americans are now fully vaccinated. But in Idaho, that number is just 42%. It's the third worst vaccination rate in the nation. CBS's Jonathan Bigliotti saw the impact of unvaccinated COVID patients at a hospital in Boise. What are the current odds of leaving this room? Um, it's about 50%, a little bit less, right? If you're sick enough with COVID to meet me, uh, your chances of dying are pretty high. Dr. Megan McInerney says every patient in this COVID ward at St. Alphonse's Hospital is unvaccinated. Why are we here now? What makes this time so unique? In Idaho, a lot of people do not support vaccinations and they are making the personal choice to not get vaccinated and distributing misinformation about vaccines. Idaho has the highest rate of COVID-occupied ICU beds in the nation. Masks are not required indoors. Charge nurse Alicia Luciani says the division over masks and vaccinations is spilling into hospitals. We do often get family members berating us up one side and down the other because we are not prescribing what they think that, they, that we should be prescribing. The exhausting and polarized climate has also led to troubling protest signs like this one outside the ER calling doctors murderers. St. Alphonsus has lost 50% of its entire staff since COVID began, mostly due to burnout. 
Have you ever been so exhausted waking up that morning and just like, I don't want to go in? Yeah, um, pretty much on a daily basis. Luciani has decided to leave the ICU. This is her last shift. I have put more people in body bags over the last two years than I have in the last nine. Um, and it's hard. Some doctors here are working 12-hour shifts for 10 days straight. According to a new national poll, 18% of healthcare workers have left their job since COVID began. Margaret. Adding to the toll, Jonathan, thank you. Overseas, the U.S. exit from Afghanistan did not end the violence there. Dozens of people were killed today in a suicide bombing at a mosque in northern Afghanistan. CBS's Charlie Daggett has those details. Horrific images in the immediate aftermath of the blast serve as graphic evidence. The suicide bombing was timed to inflict the most damage as possible to kill and maim those who had come to a sacred place to pray for peace. The suicide bomber walked into the middle of a packed mosque in the middle of Friday prayers. ISIS-K wasted little time in claiming responsibility. The extremist group has repeatedly targeted the minority Shiite community in a campaign of bombings striking schools, sports clubs and mosques long before the Taliban takeover. It's the worst attack since U.S. and foreign forces left Afghanistan in a hasty retreat and the deadliest since the suicide bombing at the Kabul airport that killed at least 183 people, including 13 U.S. service members. Although relatively small in number, ISIS-K, the Afghanistan affiliate of ISIS, has shown its reach far from its stronghold in eastern Afghanistan, striking Kunduz north of the capital, Kabul. Now, Afghan civilians can only rely on the Taliban for protection. Charlie Daggett of CBS News, London. There's a bit of a surprise today when the winners of the Nobel Peace Prize were announced. The long list of nominees included environmental activist Greta Thunberg and Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. But the prize went to two courageous journalists. CBS's Elizabeth Palmer introduces us. When Dmitry Muratov arrived at work, he got a hero's welcome. As the leader of a newspaper that for nearly 30 years has fought to tell the truth in repressive Russia. Guys, he told them, this prize is for you. Novaya Gazeta's journalists have long exposed high-level corruption and official lies. Six of them have been killed on his watch, including the fearless Anna Politkovskaya, who was shot in 2006. It was in their names, Muratov told a sea of microphones, that he accepted the Nobel. The other winner is Maria Ressa of the Philippines, the only woman Nobel laureate this year. She founded the online news website Rappler, which tracked the extrajudicial killings of President Duterte's war on drugs. Ressa has been threatened, harassed and arrested for her reporting, but undaunted, she's become an outspoken campaigner against disinformation. So if you don't have facts, you can't have truth. If you don't have truth, you can't have trust. Without any of these three, democracy as we know it is dead. The Nobel Committee agreed 
and noted that things for journalists everywhere are getting harder. The Committee to Protect Journalists reports that this year so far, 84 of them are either missing or dead. Margaret? Elizabeth Palmer in London. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the Coast Guard can't say exactly how big that oil spill off the coast of Southern California really is. It could be 25,000 gallons of crude or as big as 131,000. They just don't know. Today, a large number of tar balls continue to roll up on San Diego beaches, possibly from that spill. The U.S. Mint unveiled its newest quarters, honoring five extraordinary American women. Poet Maya Angelou, astronaut Sally Ride, actress Anna Mae Wong, activist Nina Otero Warren, and Native American Wilma Mankiller are on coins to be released next year. Five more trailblazing women will be featured on new quarters every year through 2025. CBS's Steve Hartman offers us a lesson on investing in kindness. It's guaranteed to pay dividends. Here's tonight's On the Road. 14-year-old Marjorie Gonzalez is about to go shopping for a homecoming dress. Let's shop. But that isn't her mother. Susan Thompson Gaines is more like a godmother, a fairy godmother, who just magically appeared in Marjorie's life moments ago. Just came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere to conjure up a dress for the ball. All right. Like all fairy godmothers, Susan's wish-granting process begins with rags. This ugly Christmas sweater. Old clothes, racks of them, mixed with a dash of footwear, a pinch of gold, and a dollop of just about everything else. Each part of the potion donated by Susan's neighbors here in Arlington, Virginia. So many people helped. It's everyone in the community now. Like, every inch of our space was covered in treasures. And then all of it sold in a giant yard sale. This was her third annual. And here's where the story gets good. In the coming months, Susan will use every penny of the profits, more than $12,000 this year, to fund random acts of kindness throughout her community. In the past, she has bought donuts for nurses and left flowers at veterans' graves. She has delivered presents for Santa and thrown a beach party for dementia patients. Really, hardly a day goes by that Susan doesn't do something because she firmly believes that kindness begets kindness. This mission has taken over your life. It totally has. Once you start looking, there are opportunities everywhere. (gasps) Like the high school girl who couldn't afford a homecoming dress. Susan let Marjorie pick out a favorite, along with shoes, jewelry, everything but the Prince Charming. It's made me overall a more happy person. 
So you picked up something from the yard sale too. I did. I picked up a lot of things, but that probably is the most important. Yes. A brand new box of purpose. Best yard sale find ever. Steve Hartman on the road in Arlington, Virginia. Kindness begets kindness. Sunday on Face the Nation, my guests will include Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff and former White House Russia expert Fiona Hill. If you can't watch the evening news live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch it later. And that is the CBS Evening News for tonight. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Margaret Brennan. Have a great weekend, and I will see you Sunday. Good night. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.